Hello. Hello, hello. Hello. Hey, is it finally working? I think we're finally working. Scotty. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can, after all this time. It's as if there's a conspiracy theory to prevent us from recording, and, and how is the person who's <laughs> cliff diving going to have our <laughs> our final voice? Yeah, I know, but they heard we were rec- recording twice in one week, and the world decided it just couldn't put up with that. I think that's exactly what it is. One is tolerable, but two is put us over some sort of threshold where sort of like we, we've uh, flipped some sort of switch at the NSA and, and all of these systems <laughs> are now working against us. Yeah, they, they've temporarily suspended their, their efforts at, at, at changing the election results and decide now this is <laughs> a greater right. threat to humanity. So this is it, folks. If we start producing a daily episode, we can guarantee that the U.S. election will be uninterfered with. Huh. I think that's our civic duty, then. Because all of the computers will be focused on us. Scotty, how are you? I mean, you know, has, has the world changed or, or you're still slugging through the same problem? I think I've still been slugging through the same problems. I've had a uh, 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 an issue in the app today where something is just not working uh, that used to work before I started touching the code. And I realized, I, I realized I've broken a bunch of KVO. And, um, you know, it, it's just not uh, registering the change to something that lots of things were watching. And so, yeah, the, the point is now, okay, now I found what's wrong. You know, do I go and fix this stuff or um, do I, um, you know, go and amend it? Now, you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of KVO, primarily because as I am just reinforcing, improving to myself as I am doing this, it is very, very hard to know what is going on in an app that's based on messaging that way. Uh, this is my hmm. main problem with things like um, RX Swift, and, and I guess I'm going to have to get used to it because Combine is effectively a messaging type of you know system, and eventually it's going to be there. But uh, for everything in Swift UI, but it's uh, yeah, relying on something is watching something else and then tr- triggering it is it makes apps very very difficult to debug. You don't know why something has happened or not happened. Um, because of the nature of often the way things change, you don't know what caused the initial change to cause the reaction to the change. Um, and yeah, I, I guess if you're in a code base all the time and you've, it's fairly fresh and you've just been writing it, uh, that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, so it, it's what, but it's one of these like rabbit holes that, you know, if I start changing this one, then I'll probably break another one. And then do I change that one? And instead of, you're releasing Manuel in you know X weeks time. It will be released in X years time because it's auto beta because it's a, I'm still fixing KVO issues I've done. So uh, yeah, it's it, it's um, it's a little frustrating, but uh, uh, it's a very old code base. We we basically so for example we had um. Uh, we had all the assets, uh, image assets, uh, in in the application redone by a designer we use uh, because they didn't really support dark mode very well. We've we've been right through the rest of the code base and uh, and set it up to use dark mode. Uh, so we had assets done, and of course, you know, instead of 
just you know using you know, jpegs or pngs we've put all the new assets as pdfs into the asset library so that you know they're scalable and whatever else but of course when you run the app right now <laughs> it's absolutely terrible because none of the um none of the images in the code are sized it just uses whatever size the image is and the assets were all done to one size uh so uh, the app has some quite interesting looks at the moment with um <laughs> with each table table row like having a you know a, a, a 5000 high pixel high image in it or something um representing an icon so there we are so it's a it's lots and lots of little things that you know at the end of the day will make it better code base to work with and um whatever but but you know we're going to come out of probably what is turned into several months worth of work here where the end user would have no idea we've done any of it and so you then have to say well how much value was there in that work um it means the end user is going to get better features going forward but they're not going to get them now and it's you know the big trade-off of uh, development wow i'm just thinking about the various t-shirts and, and future episode names i mean the first one that came to mind was kvo born broken <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could, do a whole netflix, you could do a whole netflix series on that that's true netflix original kvo born broken they thought they could handle it but it turned out they had no idea what they were doing it worked until it didn't and that yeah. didn't last very long yes <laughs> they thought by control dragging they could solve all the world's problems <laughs> what a drag no control all drag no control <laughs> Ah, uh, and then in another project I'm working on, I've been fighting a bug all day where, whereby if you, if you do something in the UI, this is with an NS outline view, if you make a selection in the UI, uh, certain things happen. If you make that selection programmatically, things don't, um, and yet everything looks like it's doing the same thing. And so it's it's been it's been one of those days where really I should have just said should have taken a long weekend, um, but. Uh, <laughs> just avoided today but there we are but actually here in the uk i mean we we've been having unusual weather this week it's uh my office i think on wednesday afternoon was up to about 96 degrees fahrenheit and uh obviously the houses in the uk are not designed for in that temperature so it was like fairly fairly unbearable to work so today is we're in the mid 60s and it's very pleasant but uh you know i'm not achieving anything so maybe i should have just written the whole week off you might should. And what about you? Should you have written your whole week off? Uh, well, I can say that you know the the temperatures have been fairly cool, but our beer is also cold to begin with, so we're, we we have a greater headroom. Oh, 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 oh! I mean, come on, this is you know I cannot Dead let this cheap go. Shot, I know. I cannot let this go because this 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 American <laughs> myth that the Brits drink warm beer it just shows how uneducated you are as a nation. Okay. We drink what's called cellar temperature beer. Now, in a good pub, it has a cellar which is underground. Now, this is pre-refrigeration, okay? So it's not like you new countries that have only been drinking beer since you could get electricity, okay? It's, this, is like, this is like for countries that have got a bit of history and have been around a little while and have learned how to do it, um, like elections. Um, but it's, oh. <laughs> so it's... Uh, uh, so British beer is designed, I think it's 42 degrees, I think it's, or 41 degrees if you put it into old money, um, because it's basically stored 
what used to be underground or in, in, in shade or whatever else. So it's naturally cooled by the surrounding it's in pre-refrigeration. Now that is a, a nice drinking temperature because actually, unlike a lot of beers, um, you know, some a lot of English beers have actually quite a lot of flavour and therefore you want to taste it. And you make the beer too cold, you don't taste the flavour. This is why certain beers, particularly cheap American beers, <laughs> um, you know, are served really, really cold because they're hoping if it's cold enough, you won't actually be able to taste how shit it tastes. Okay, so, so there we are. So that is the education on it. So there you are. Consider yourself an educated American now and move on. Yeah, but you know why y'all are fucked? Because <laughs> is that because of the refrigeration required to keep our shitty beer cold? Climate change is ravaging the planet, and there is no such thing as a cold cellar in hundred degree Britain. So. so there we are. It is you know, you have just proven that you know by the people who have made really cheap shit American beer have destroyed our planet, and in doing so, have destroyed your beer. Oh well, sorry, yeah. Scotty, on behalf of That's the universe. All right. Anyway, you carry on. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, this week I was, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. Uh, so to, this week was to try and get everything wrapped up and to prepare what I always refer to as my Robab documents run over by a bus. Um, but the, the main thing I'd been working on yesterday and the day before was uh, getting ready for iOS 14 network permissions. Um, and yeah, I think we can talk about this. This is public stuff about, about these new APIs, but you know, the, the, there is this big change that you no longer get network, local network access unencumbered in, on your app. And, um, we have a feature in the app. It was actually the first thing that I worked on. It was I used considered, Oh yeah, let's give this to the new person. <laughs> it's a kind of a big hairy mess, which is this thing called MDX, the multi-device experience, which is what allows you to cast, you know, basically can control target screens, big TVs, smart TVs using software, using your, you know, your iPhone app as a controller and the specialized player. So, so the playback locally happening on your device, it, it, it uses Chromecast or talks to smart TVs essentially over the local network. And it basically, the user experience was if it just discovered that on your network you have some devices, there would be this little, you know, target selector that would appear on the app. And we've changed the location at various times, um, but it's always in the player and it's in, it's, been on the bottom right hand corner or now and then you know in, in other places as we we modify the app but anyway it would basically never appear unless there was a, a reason for it to be there well you can't really do that because that means that when your app starts up it does that network scan and then all of a sudden on a fresh install there's this you know warning saying hey you know this app is is scanning your network do you want to give it permission and given no context people say what 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 and so, you know, and, and this there are, there are other apps that are like this, and the general, you know, w- wisdom from Apple is for forego making any network request until the user actually taps on a button. But in the, it's a kind of, you know, chicken and egg situation for us is because we don't really, you know, I- unless that we know that there are devices there on the network, that kind of makes no sense for that UI to be in there, and so we have to change the flow. and. And the other thing too is that you know people can revoke access to the the network at any time. They could be your app could be running, and in theory, you could change the you know you go into the settings app and and revoke permission. You know, this is similar to other permissions like location services or whatnot. And uh, it you know finally have it working. I don't really love the user experience because of the reason I just gave you, but it's the best that we can do, and it is follows Apple's guidelines. Um, 
and but still it's kind of I'm at the point where I can say is this an apple bug in its implementation is something going through when it shouldn't or what's the actual kind of caching policy for for when permissions are granted and so that's these last things I'm working through but you know whatever we'll figure it out um, and I can get on my plane and go about my way I'll be I'll be off the grid for for a full you know whatever 12 days it'll be grand now you tell me Oh, you did not know I mean, this. I mean, um, I had I had seven shows booked for the next, you know, seven seven or eight days, and you know, to to do this stuff, and you're disappearing for twelve days. No, anyway, seriously, yeah, it's uh, this whole. I understand security. No, that's a big statement. I understand why security is so high profile, um, but it's like, yeah, we we suffered with Catalina, didn't we? The whole there comes a point when where do you make the the, the core between user experience and being secure. Uh, Catalina is an absolute nightmare with its uh, dialog boxes all the time. iOS has always had lots of dialog boxes coming up to say, could you do this or do that? But they're getting maybe more and more intrusive now. And, and, and get what I do. But the reality is most... You know, one thing you learn is someone who supports software is it doesn't matter how what the demographics of your user base are, virtually nobody reads anything that ever pops up. And basically, people will press allow or deny based on how scary or welcoming the pop-up looks (laughs) without (laughs) ever reading it. Um, Some people just allow everything. Some people deny everything. Occasionally, some people will sort of like say, oh, it's Thursday, I'm going to allow today, or it's Friday, I'm going to disallow today, because we all know that hacks come just before weekends. Um, and so as much as I understand that you know, we're trying to, and Apple are trying to put security in here, the reality is most users don't... Um, you know, don't, don't read what's being put in front of them. They don't, so they don't necessarily get what is happening. Um, I mean, if it's a one-line... Can I use your camera? That's simple. As soon as it's anything more complicated than that, or in a, uses terminology that may not be, um, you know, so I, that might be user says, I want to access the network. They have no idea what that means. Can I access the internet? That's That might mean something, but can I access a network or however it phrases it? So the phraseology is, is difficult as well. And people tend to give up really fast on this stuff. I, I guess with something like Netflix, be, because you are a mainstream application and people want to use Netflix because of you know it's it's around there. People will persevere, maybe a little bit more. We're trying to get Netflix to run on on a platform than they would if it's just something they downloaded as a trial. They can immediately get a couple of dialogue boxes. They don't understand. They just give up and do something else because you know you've got a few seconds to. Um, to get people in there, and and I know that I've seen people. You know, you what it's like when you're the the computer bod in the family that you get the tech support phone calls from. You know, your family and all their friends, and uh, you know, you get. We've all had the call or the support message. Well, it's not working. Well, why is it not working? Well, it keeps popping up something and something and doesn't do what I want. Well, what does the thing pop up say? Well, I don't know. I didn't read it. <laughs> I mean, that happens all of the time. So yeah, it's. Um, Making good user experience is getting harder and harder as the OSs are um, trying to be more and more secure. So it's like almost the two are working against each other. But I'm sure uh, it will all work out with innovation in the end. 
Yeah, well, it's, and it's funny, and it just reminds me of the, the great controversy of the day, which is the whole Epic Fortnite, you know, came and then being booted out of out of the App Store. And I did not realize that, that Google had, 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 had booted it out of the, the Android Play Store. And I was reading, and this happened a while ago, and Android's position or you know, Google's position was like, look, we have, you know, there are multiple ways to get an app. You can sideload if you want. You can buy, you know, from, from the Samsung Play Store you know have a good day but you know we're gonna we're and so it was very interesting they and google you know basically said well we can kind of take it's we have better cover to be able to say these are our policies in particular we're getting a cut of anything you sell tough titty you know if you don't agree um but then what Fortnite had said or epic and whatever had said that you know sorry you know you you make it seem so toxic and and with these scary dialogue boxes, like, do you want to run the software? And and that's the, kind of the funny thing is, is like, you know, you, just, you use Apple services, you know, of networking. You know, if 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 you support, if you support, you know, uh, what's it, you know, oh my, no, I'm spacing on the name of the technology since we don't support it anymore. But you know, uh, the for casting to to Apple TV, um, AirPlay. Sorry, you know. Yeah, and so AirPlay, you know, there's no prompt if you want to use AirPlay as a service, but there is if you wanted to to use Chromecast, you know, and so it's, it's uh, not so pleased with this thing. I'll be curious to see how this plays out over time, but, you know, Apple is Apple, and we have to play by the rules. And the Epic thing is a bit different, isn't it? Epic are not like they've tried to do something and then been rejected. They have purposely... Right. Got themselves rejected. I mean, have you seen the ad that the fake, the fake oh, ad, the ad was hilarious? Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, for anyone around that time, and I think they are. I, I think they are. Firstly, any yeah, there was a Slack channel I'm on that was having a discussion about this um, over the last day or two, and I think you know any indie thinking that this battle is going to help, um, to help indies out is probably you know being a little bit naive. This is this is one. Uh, one company with a lot of money that has um, now got a battle going on with another company with a lot of money, to which, for neither of them, the costs of a very long, drawn-out legal battle are going to make much difference to their bottom line. Um, and therefore, so you know, Epic can afford to to just say to Apple, "We're not having this. Yeah, you know, we're filing a suit against you. Let's see how this works out." Um, but the reality is it. However, it works out. It will work out well for people with money, <laughs> not to yeah. say the little people. Um, so yeah, it's uh, and this is this is like this has been a manufactured situation to cause to to not cause a problem, but to basically demonstrate the problem. And you know, this lawsuit was ready. I think this is like so. It's hard to know which side to feel on this time because it's like this isn't like someone who is trying to do their job and it got rejected because of draconian rules. This is someone who's purposely come against it, trying to break the rules to get them changed. And, and you know, it's uh, going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. There'll be some deal done somewhere that gets everyone back into bed with each other to make lots of money. And none of us will ever know the difference. Yeah. But uh, but there we are. That's the Giants play. It is. But you're part of the Giants. Uh yeah, <laughs> you didn't know how to answer that one. Oh dear. So um, after your talk about Memory Miner the other day, I went, I, I went back and see that the Memory Miner website was still there from from uh, many many years ago, and it. Uh, yeah, I remember it, it was. Even... 
at the time it was quite a current website and it just uh, it just really helped to remind me how much things have changed since i think it was last updated oh, yeah. in 2011 if even it was your last blog post yeah 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 it uh, it's i'm amazed that it renders anything at all but it does it just like there's so many of the things that that were in there like none of the screen movies work yeah, because because I mean the videos are still there, but they can't be seen because of the I forgot what it was the the it was the hotness at the time where you could just like tap on something and bring up a HUD display, you know, with the with with embedded resource and stuff like that. And just none of that JavaScript works anymore, and probably because it's all legal and stuff like that's that. so nine so nine years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was nice to go have a trip down memory lane. It always is. Did you look at the code base? Uh, no, I didn't dare, but I think that's that now that you suggested, I think I'd like to because it would probably <laughs> it would be a fright, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean there there is code in Moneywell at similar age to to no. um Memory Miner. I've got probably Memory Miner was older cuz you stopped major development in around 2011, didn't you? So Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you were still doing maintenance at that point. Um whereas mm-hmm. Moneywell's code base was so you've probably got code going back X number of years before that, whereas I think a lot of Moneywell's code was beginning to be developed around 209, 210. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but it, it's, uh, and I'm saying it, it, all this stuff that I've been taking out this this week with KVO and um, notifications, that was the normal way to do things. Um, oh, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't that, that these, the, there were people writing this app who were being, um, uh, being silly. That, that was a very, very common approach and, and very much encouraged. And, Maybe the sort of um, very relaxed style of Objective C, and just being able to register observers uh, using great long string names of, of to go through to the properties. For anyone who's not used KVO, let's oh, say yeah, right, I yeah, wanted yeah. to watch a variable that's in uh, a, a class that's in this view control over here. I can just like add observer and then put the string, you know, my cla- uh, my controller name dot the property name dot the property i want to watch you know um of course you know one typo in that and everything breaks <laughs> yeah. um then you have to do deregistration but it was the normal way of doing things although i think bindings came fairly late i don't think bindings came to mac os until 10.4 was it tiger i seem to remember i said to well, remember, I, I came i came yeah. to mac, um, mac os between the 10.3 10.4 transition i seem to remember bindings being new bindings were great i and then the funny thing is is like bindings were great for a developer because it was you know you would have table views or you'd have you know whatever outline views you'd select an object and you then want to inspect it and show more details about it and then you'd select something in there and just the amount of code you didn't have to write and it was great and i remember james dempsey who i think at the time he was working on aperture and he came by the memory miner booth and and i was proudly showing off look how great this worked and he goes yeah bindings are, are wonderful aren't they <laughs> and then walked away <laughs> it's probably, the point is you, you could develop the, things just, very quickly couldn't you because yeah, you, you, you set everything up in the and debug them yeah right ex- exactly set yeah. it up in 10 minutes debug it for the rest of your life that's uh, exactly it because yeah. the problem was i mean it, effectively it was just kvo but hidden in the zip so right. you couldn't even you know when you're looking for the notifications at least if you and, and the observations, uh, when the it's all been done in code, you can at least find where, you know, um, someone is registering for the KVO observation and, um, you know, and deregistering and doing all of that sort of stuff. Whereas once it's put into the zip and all that stuff gets instantiated for you as the zip gets loaded, 
actually you know, tracking down it really was like finding what is, is why is this happening oh wait a minute if i go into this label in this cell of this table view and i look at the binding property it's been set to this string and therefore that's getting set up which which was fine if it's what you were working on every day and you just remembered that's where it was but if you were coming new to a code base remember i one of the first things i ever did is is work on uh macOS was on a an application that was using a lot of bindings and you just as, as someone coming new to the car i couldn't find anything because it was just hidden in the zips and i guess you still have the same problem now with storyboards you can still have um some of those issues and, may, and maybe um things like constraints uh, for layouts and everything are all hidden in the zip but i guess they're at least they're nicely grouped together constraints to, to follow but it really did make things very very difficult to, to, to find um and uh, I guess if you're very au fait with it, 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 but it did make things very fast to develop because you would literally get your get your object and and drag a few things across, and basically your um you know, your table will populate itself. Um, yeah, so I, I get why it was there, but uh, uh, I think it was you know a lot of people said that bindings never came to iOS because of. Uh, performance i think bindings never came to ios because because by then apple had decided they weren't a good idea <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's like yeah it wasn't it wasn't hardware and software performance it was performance and performance reviews of the engineers who thought it up <laughs> because apple have never really even even though even when it was back in the, the objective c day um of ios development Ap- apple have never really really pushed kvo on on ios have they or am i just misremembering no never no, but it's there. It's it's all there it, 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 on iOS. But so it just suggests to me that it was a it, there, there was a policy change. I mean, there are some things you have to do that way. I mean, and, and there's a difference between observation going through the notification centers uh, with notifications and then the pure KVO of, of of just watching properties on things. But again, both are were, were massively used and very liberally used sort of ten years ago. Whereas now. You know, they should be being used for um, very key and fixed things. Yeah, there we are. We will stop well, the KVO conversation at some point. This 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 conversation over the last few weeks is like KVO itself. It doesn't matter what you try; you can't seem to quite get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another there's another title. Well, I mean, Scotty, I think that in the interest of of maintaining our, our listener sanity, we might just consider you know uh, observing the fact that they, that the the listener has stopped listening. <laughs> And of course, if a listener has stopped listening, but they didn't deregister, and we send out a podcast, everything will crash <laughs> because that's how KVO works. <laughs> if you don't deregister and you send out the message, then everything just breaks. But there we go. Well, we Scotty, should do John. Yeah, as well, this so- is going to be the last time people are going to hear your beautiful tone for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, if they if they want to sort of uh, ensure that your next twelve days of uh, vacation are. Um, uh, blissfully spent um, uh, reading the communication from the listeners. Where should they do that? Well, they should find me on the place where all gentle notifications take place, and that's Twitter, where you'll find me as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if people want to similarly <laughs> register for notifications about the the, the you know precipitous rise in, in tasteless beer temperature, or and it's sorry, not tasteless, but shitty tasting beer that's more flavorful, more round on the palate, <laughs> where might they do that, Scotty? I really don't know what to say. 
you're such an obnoxious man. <laughs> um, people, if you want to tell me how obnoxious John is and how little he knows, please please contact me on uh, as Mac Devnet on Twitter. And of course, he's he's away for twelve days now, so um, I will look forward to speaking to you all on the solo iDeveloper show, which will be so much better. Yeah, it really will truly be the iDeveloper. I'll just change it to me developer. It's I. I am the developer. I will be talking to myself, which yeah. some would say <laughs> is the best conversation to have. <laughs> oh, Scotty, I'll miss you. No, you won't. Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Hopefully uh, there's been something in there that... Uh, is of an issue. We will get off. We will get off of this uh, like a uh, ten-year-old technology <laughs> path at some point. Uh, I hope so because I need to get off it in what I'm doing. But uh, hopefully, you're having a more modern um, and more uh, successful uh, coding experience. And uh, this is just um, something you have going on in your ears while you are coding to remind you how bad it could be and how beautiful it really is for you. So until next time, you take care. Thank you.